It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Emily Campagno. I'm Guy Benson. I'm Shannon Bream, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, December 28th, 2023. I'm Eben Brown. A religious and social leader in Israel has gone nearly three months without hearing from his soldier son, believed to be held hostage by Hamas. We have had no sign of life in the last 82 days. We simply do not know when he was taken. There were no videos of him, no um, personal testimony, no pictures taken. We still do not know. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Israel is such a small nation that most of its residents know somebody who has some connection to the victims and hostages of Hamas's attacks of October 7th. And those victims and those hostages come from all walks of Israeli life, from humble farming families living on the kibbutz to the children of the wealthy and the elite. The two sons of a prominent rabbi were no exception. Both are officers of the Israeli army, one in paratroopers, one in tanks. Both fought on that day and actually both were injured. Rabbi Daron Perez is the executive director of World Mizrahi. It's an international association for religious Zionism. He's a well-known leader in that part of Israeli life where religion and politics mix. As you'll hear, the family celebrated one son's recovery and wedding, but at the same time, they're praying for the other son's return because he's a hostage. Our oldest son, Yonatan, was injured and has subsequently recovered, got married, and he's actually back with his soldiers in his uh, base of new recruits. Uh, he's training new recruits. He's a company commander for new recruits. And our youngest son, Daniel, we found out three months ago that he had also been injured on the day that he was captured. We didn't know that until a few days ago, until the until a few weeks ago, where the blood was confirmed to be his. So uh, in, in the area of the capture, so it was he was unfortunately definitely injured as well. We don't know the extent of the injury. Not necessarily an injury which suggests uh, got a bit of fatal injury, but but we don't know. So it hasn't changed any status or anything. He's presumed to be alive, and we hope and pray alive and well. So uh, having two children, uh, both injured on the day, one who we were thankfully able to bring back from Soroka Hospital uh, with a bullet through his leg, through his thigh, and I can tell you that uh, many people with similar injuries, with uh, the bullet being one centimeter in a different place, uh, were, were killed because if you get hit in the main artery, in the uh, you know the, the 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 biggest artery in the body, second only to the aorta of the heart, is the one in the thigh, the thigh artery. Thankfully, it missed that. Thankfully, it missed his bone. Thankfully, it went in and out of his leg, and just by the grace of God, he was able to only be moderately to lightly injured. Um, and come home and even got married um, uh, 10 days later on the 17th of October when he was intended to be married at the time set aside for his wedding, albeit we did a much smaller wedding and a more intimate one in our hometown. Um, And then with our son at the time, Daniel, our second son, we didn't know at the time he was injured or we knew that he was missing. Him and three members of his tank were 
considered missing and only three weeks later defined as as taken captive. So we had this roller coaster of emotions of having uh, our oldest son badly injured on the day, sorry, uh, light, moderately to lightly injured and so grateful that it could have been so much worse. But yet our other son, uh, you know, missing and then uh, missing for the first few days and then afterwards uh, confirmed missing and then confirmed presumed taken captive, which we now know is, is, is taken captive. So this roller coaster of having a son injured and getting married and a son missing and then, and, and, you know, taken uh, hostage was really a roller coaster that's difficult to explain between uh, appreciation, gratitude, and thanksgiving on the one hand for the one son and incredible worry, angst, concern for our other son, the sort of pain and joy, especially the wedding. Uh, having an incredible wedding with the son missing, we decided to go ahead with it, even though it was uh, we knew that Danielle would not be there, and even though that Jonathan and Daniel are such close brothers, we didn't know how long we're going to wait. We're going to wait for weeks, months. Who knows how long we'd have to wait? So, the, the couple and us, we did decide to go ahead with the the, the marriage. So it has been uh, an incredible uh, roller coaster from the word go. And uh, we are still uh, reeling and dealing on a daily basis with this uh, incredibly challenging situation. We now are 82 days into it, almost, as you said, three months. And it's uh, indeed, it seems like a universe ago, uh, October 7th. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really quite something. Tell me more about Danielle and his military service. He was, he was staffed on a tank. He was a commander, I believe. Yeah, Daniel is a tank commander. He's also an officer. He... Uh, as I said, our children, we, we all moved here nine years ago, both at the age, Daniel was then at the time was 13. He went into uh, military service when he was 18. In fact, he injured, uh, he was, he, he, he tore his anterior cruciate ligaments. He's an extreme sports type of guy. He's a real, he's a real guy, guy, guy's guy, very sporty, very, he loves extreme sport, high octane, anything with, with power and, uh, and, and energy he loved. He was also one of these ADHD kids which was not prone to sitting in one place for too long and this was something that he was very engaged and immersed in he fought with the army until they moved his physical profile to a certain uh, profile that he could then participate in tanks um and that's what he was able to do he absolutely loved the tank the tank is also a uh, a vehicle and 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 a, you know a, 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 an armored vehicle of such incredible power but also requires a lot of um, technical understanding to understand how it works. So, he, so it really appealed to his quick in the uptake. It appealed to his both his intellect and to his uh, love of, of, of high octane energy. <laughs> and he loved it and he continued. He, he felt he was doing something incredibly meaningful in the army. He also uh, did officer's course and excelled at that. And he really grew up in the army. It brought out the best in him on a personal growth point of view as a commander, as a leader, as a person deeply passionate and committed to uh, the Jewish people and the defense of the Jewish people. So we are exceptionally, exceptionally proud of him, and we hope and pray that he is alive and well. We have had no sign of life in the last 82 days. We simply do not know when he was taken. There were no videos of him, no, um, no um, personal testimony, no pictures taken. We still do not know. 82 days later, and we hope and pray that he's well. As I said, we found out that he was injured. We just hope and pray that he's well and healthy, and please God, his strength of character, both his physical strength and emotional and mental strength will stand him in good stead for the uh, 
the tremendous challenges that uh, him and the other hostages are unfortunately undoubtedly facing. What type of communication uh, have you been getting from either the Israeli government, from the, from the IDF, uh, uh, the military uh, commanders, uh, regarding your son's situation? Are, are they in contact with you? Do they give you any kind of updates? Or do they, even if they don't have information for you, you know, what type of contact do you have with them? And how does that, it, it, does that help at all? Or does it, maybe does it make it worse? Yeah. So firstly, uh, we've been very blessed because the RDF, the Israeli Defense Force, incredibly caring army. It's a, it's the people's army. And it's uh, it's not just a professional army. It's also one of the people. And uh, Israel's a small country and everybody knows everybody or, or you know, or everyone who's some, somebody who knows someone. So right. it's very intimate. So the one thing which is incredible is that uh, from the fifth day of uh, once the army sort of got its act together, after the absolute turmoil of the first few days and came to inform us on the Thursday that Daniel was officially missing. Um, since that day, that was probably 77 days ago, every single day we have an, uh, an officer from the Israeli army who is, um, who is accompanying us. There is not a day which goes by that he's not in contact with us, that he doesn't visit us, that he is. So it's, and it can be for, for so many different things. It can be uh, just visiting to see how we are. It can be visiting the different family members. It can be updating us and things which are going on. It can be telling us about certain meetings taking place that you should come to. It could telling us what our rights are vis-a-vis -vis the army and the Ministry of Defense. It's uh, updating us on things about the status. Sometimes the officer will tell us that he's coming with other officers involved in the investigation of what actually happened on the day. And we have regular meetings, I'd say, every couple of weeks with the Israeli intelligence commanders and others involved in Daniel's specific uh, case. One of our biggest fears and challenges is that until now, all the negotiations regarding the uh, you know, release of hostages has not included soldiers, not because Israel hasn't wanted to include them, but because Hamas hasn't uh, agreed to that. And that's something we feel very strongly about that. Certainly the first batch, women and children, absolutely, and almost all the women and children are out, except for Hamas cynically keeping this young 10, 11-month-old Bibas child and and his brother and uh, and, and 17 of, of the ladies, unfortunately. Uh, but the rest are men and soldiers. And uh, we, we, we believe very strongly that uh, that going forward, whatever, you know, whatever hostage uh, swaps or release, or whatever there may be, this should include uh, soldiers as well, because uh, we should not distinguish between this type of person and that type of person, but there should be from all parts of uh, the hostage community, whether it be... Uh, you know, men, women, civilians, soldiers, um, male, female soldiers, whatever it may be, there should be, all should be coming out and none should be left behind. We are speaking with Rabbi Doron Perez from Israel. He is the executive director of World Mizrahi, but he is also a father who, along with his wife, is waiting to hear of the fate of his son, a soldier in the IDF, who was taken hostage on October 7th. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. How is your wife, Daniel's mother, handling all of this? You're, you're coming across incredibly strong. I'd imagine she has a strength that probably inspires you. Yeah, no, my wife's incredibly strong. Um, her name is Shelley. Um, but I will say this, uh, Eben, I'll say the following. It's, um, it's, uh, I know how hard it is for me. As a father, um, 
looking at how looking at my wife and seeing the other mothers that I'm noticing of all the families, it seems to me that the the challenge of a mother is so much more difficult than a father. A, the mother gave birth to the child. I often say that I never worry about what my son was eating or what he's wearing. And I was not that, in contact that often with him in the army. You know, now and then every couple of days, my wife every day in contact with him, always concerned eating. Uh, is he eating well? Is he sleeping well? Is he, is he, is he hot? Is he cold? So I think a mother's uh, concern uh, as a general rule is, is, is deeper and, uh, and more visceral than a father, number one. As a general rule, number one. Number two, I'm the CEO of a, you know, of a significant global uh, religious Zionist organization, which right. Mizrahi, which, which integrates uh, you know, uh, Jewish values and traditional religious values with Zionism and the centrality of Israel. So I just feel that all of these things are so much part of who I am on such a deep level. So therefore, whatever's affecting Israel and our family personally, I'm somehow naturally seeing it in a broader context of what's happening to the Jewish people and the challenges of Israel. My wife is a loving mother who uh, doesn't have the same, she's very connected to Israel, but not in the same familial, uh, you know, even ideological background that I come from and the role that I play in the community organization. So I feel that's given me certain anchors uh, to hold on to and to process it. I feel that my wife is, uh, is dealing with it on a more private level with her many close friends without these the depth of these anchors and it's it's she's incredibly brave putting one foot in front of the other every single day uh, but it's a real challenge it's a real real challenge what has what has the past couple of months meant for israel for the jewish people as a whole uh because you're in a position of of social leadership and and that you know you know this has been a defining a defining thing, something perhaps maybe as defining as the Holocaust, the Shoah, uh, or at least more so for this new generation, which is, you know, two generations or three generations even removed from the Holocaust at this point. I think my son uh, put it well, our oldest, eldest son, Yonatan, who was injured and is, is back with his, his, uh, paratroop, his paratroopers, his new recruits. He said that he feels that uh, what's what the 7th of October and what has happened since then is the the war of independence for his generation, his his TikTok generation. Meaning, it almost became even too taken for granted. Israel, yeah. I mean, we had a Shoah seventy, uh, eighty years ago, and we the, the big the big wars that Israel fought were the war of independence, and then the six day one, the last big war was nineteen seventy three. And you know, this was such a wake up call and a jolt for all of us in Israel. And I think. What the younger generation have done, you know, I think Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran, um, they, 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 they didn't fully understand how deep the connection is to Israel. And I think they misread of the Jews. They misread all the arguments that have been in Israeli politics in the last number of years and five elections in four years and all the debates around religious, uh, around the judicial reform, which so divided. Certainly in my lifetime, this was the most divisive year that there was 2023. But all that changed on October 7th, because what did Hamas do? Yes, they hurt and injured us, our family and other families. But you know what they actually did? They have unified the Jewish people in a way that almost nothing else could. We are one together. We are standing together from left to right, religious and irreligious, and all the different types of Jews in the in the in, in Israel and, and in the diaspora. 
and it's brought us and including Christian Zionists and, and, and supporters all around the world, meaning this actually galvanized the Jewish people and supporters in a way, especially from within, that little else could have. It's, it's, it's sad and it's tragic and it's terrible that it happened with such pain and suffering. But I think what it has done, I believe, is it's brought us together in a way that we haven't been for a long time, a unity that we've craved, although it has come in such a painful way. And I believe that if we remain together, Unity is strength. One of the most incredible facts about this war is 300,000 Israelis returned to Israel to make sure they were here and many of them fighting in the war. Where in the annals of human history do you have people coming to a war zone? Normally people leave a war zone. Here Israel has had 300,000 people coming back from every corner. The population has grown by 3% because Israelis and Jews around the world want to know that we're fighting for our lives here. We're fighting for the validity and our security of the Jewish homeland and the only, only country we ever called our own. And I think it's brought out a spirit of selflessness, of courageousness, of self-sacrifice from all quarters of the Jewish world, um, which are fighting to bring all the hostages back, please God, including our son, soon, well and healthily, healthy. And if I can appeal to the listeners, if you could in your prayers, however people pray, to pray for our son, Daniel, that is his name, Daniel Perez, to pray for him and to pray for all the other hostages, that they should all return home and they should be with their families well and healthy. And I just believe this unity, this courageousness, the spirit of, of heroism that this has brought us, please God, will be something which, uh, which ushers in a new era of understanding and unity to face the challenges ahead. Rabbi Daron Perez, you are the executive chairman of World Mizrahi, but you are also a father, an Israeli father who has a son who has been captured and presumed held hostage by Hamas. And it's been nearly three months. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thank you very much for the opportunity. God bless you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.